conservative? You bet. Controversial? Right again. It's time to squabble on the Jim Benson Show. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Jim Benson Show, conservative talk radio covering the issues that concern you here on the BBS radio network. One thing that's bothered me immensely over the past year or so is the fact that, seems like anyway, almost everyone concerned with election integrity has pretty much given up on trying to contest the 2020 election. All we Trump supporters really wanted was serious investigation into all the evidence of fraud in the 2020 election, which kept piling up as the days after the election continued. Incredibly, we were not going to see it. The only state where legislatures actually did conduct a serious election investigation, uncovering massive evidence of fraud, was in Arizona. It was quickly swept under the rug and ignored by state officials in that people and fentanyl smuggling cartel and CCB gang corrupted, I say, state. There's quite a bit of evidence for that, but we've talked about some of this on previous shows, so I won't go into it here. Anyway, so today, just about everyone is focused on the all-important upcoming 2024 election. Problem is, very little has changed in the way of election integrity since 2020, as far as I can see. So how exactly are we going to actually win in 2024? What substantially what has substantially changed since the 2020 election that saw Donald Trump removed from office? President Trump repeatedly refers to the quote, rigged and stolen, unquote, 2020 election. I understand Trump has been briefed, along with other government officials, about a CIA supercomputer system suspected of being used to illegally manipulate votes in U.S. elections. And that's besides illegally being used to, allegedly illegally being used to spy on millions of Americans, including at least two Supreme Court justices, in order to ostensibly, I understand, to collect evidence for blackmail. But anyway, Trump and the other people who are involved with being running the government and being briefed on this thing, I understand, are barred from speaking about it due to national security and secrecy statutes. Election integrity activist Mike Lindell refers to the 2020 election as the, quote, crime of the century, close quote. Lindell often relates that after the 2020 election, there was the, quote, cover-up of the crime of the century, close quote. Lindell is one of America's great patriots, in my opinion, but he's reviled in the Communist Chinese Party, CCP, aligned, corporate-owned, mainstream media for his work on election integrity. So threatened by Lindell are these largely CCP mouthpiece propagandists in the mainstream media that they never miss an opportunity to badmouth and malign him in their desperate attempts to vilify, discredit, and destroy him. And this brings us to where we are today in terms of election integrity. Yes, I agree that the 2020 elections and since have been, to a greater or lesser extent, rigged and stolen, and this corruption continues to be covered up. Mike Lindell's website, frankspeech.com, and now his new additional website, franksocial.com, by the way, contain a wealth of information and evidence about election fraud and things you could do to help counter it. Since our nation's judiciary has largely turned its backs on those of us seeking to expose evidence of election fraud and our so-called uniparty of corrupt 
communist-leading Democrats at Rhino, that's Republican in name only, Republicans, have stalled and stonewalled every step of the way, virtually all efforts to expose and correct what's wrong with our elections, it's going to be largely up to you and me to get involved and save our country. I don't have any doubt that Trump was reelected in a landslide in 2020 and that there was a Republican red wave in 2022. But the people opposing us and serving the interests of the totalitarian globalist monopoly capitalists and communist elites seeking to enslave us saw that no such red wave materialized in the electoral processes. And we're talking here about red Republican wave, red as in symbolic, the symbolic cover associated with color, associated with Republican electioneering, not red as in the color symbolizing communism. The color blue, as in, I suppose, true blue American, was taken by the communists and communist-leaning Democrats for their electioneering purposes. Since for propaganda purposes, I would imagine the Democrats don't want to be associated with the communists. But the Republicans, as usual, went along with this. Anyway, so today we call, there's the red Chinese, and then we have the red election, elect, Republican electioneering. The trick and the lie, the long-standing tactics of the communist left around the world, of our supposedly most free and fair in history recent elections, is what is continually spouted by the mainstream media running dogs of our communist Chinese party-aligned globalist corporations that own them. Yep, most free and fair in history. But you can't see the paper ballots, most of which have been destroyed now for the 2020 election. And you can't look inside the electronic voting equipment. Nope. Oh, pardon me. Just take our CCP cheering establishment's word for it all. Most free and fair in history. And just one illustration of what I'm talking about, as just one, let's listen to audio from a video presentation on redvoicemedia.com a week or so after this year's November 7 election. You won't see the video. It's on there. If you go and look on redvoicemedia.com, you can find it still. Um, it shows this graph of the race showing comparing the votes for the Republican and Democrat candidate for their Supreme Court justice position in that election, which the Democrat won by some 200,000 votes, I understand. And you will see if you would watch it, and it is described by the moderator giving this presentation. You, you see, but on, it, when you look at the video, it shows the red graph of the votes for the Republican candidate go way, way up to about 700-some thousand, and then it starts going down, 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 to way down to like 200-some thousand. And then, of course, the Democrat candidate won. Uh, that more than 350,000 votes mysteriously disappearing for the vote column for the Republican Pennsylvania Supreme Court candidate on Election Day, as I said, after which the Democrat candidate was announced the winner, is, is quite bizarre, but it's things that we have been noting since 2020. Go ahead and listen to this and see, see what you think. Please play sound by one. While I think that conservatives are making headway in the court systems to batten down the hatch hatches on election integrity, we're not even close to where we need to be yet. And there's something that happened in Pennsylvania, in my home state, the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, an anomaly 
that was captured. I know, thank God for Audit the Vote Pennsylvania. They had been watching the Pennsylvania Secretary of State's website the entire cycle, every single ballot that came in. They watched and they had this bar graph of the Democrat candidate for Supreme Court and the Republican. Oh, there you go. It's right there. Um, Look over in the far right corner um, and you'll see the red bar go up, 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 up. And you'll see the blue bar. And now look, there's a date on this graphic as well. Okay, there's a date. There's a timestamp. This hasn't been manipulated. Look at that number go up, 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 up. And now look down, down down. Look at this. It's hard to explain this stuff, folks. It just is. So this is a 350,000 in-person votes being removed from the Republican Supreme Court candidate in Pennsylvania with no explanation whatsoever, leading the candidate to lose by 200,000 votes. Now, there are people out there, critics out there that would say, oh, the video has been manipulated. It's fake. It's what I, I, the answer is, I don't know. But there have been far too many anomalies and issues with our elections over the last four or five years for us to simply ignore this stuff. And, and look, to the PA GOP's great credit, today they released a statement saying that in the interest of full transparency, and I'm paraphrasing, we have asked the, the PA Secretary of State for a an explanation as to what happened. What's going on with this? So if the PA GOP, the official wing of the Republican Party in Pennsylvania is asking about it, you can bet that there's some truth to what we're seeing. They wouldn't. We all know that Republicans, by and large, the establishment wing of the party, are filled with this, especially on like the consultant side, are filled with spineless hacks with no courage. So, if there was any risk at all about this being a photoshopped or manipulated video, you know they wouldn't take it, right? So, the, the very fact that they're asking for an answer should tell you something, and it should concern the hell out of you. And again, I don't know what the answer will be, but I can give you a sense of, of, of how this is going to play out in the media. They're going to ask the Pennsylvania secretary of state. They're going to get an answer via a crafted PR statement that actually doesn't give an answer and provides no clarity whatsoever. And then the media is going to regurgitate that as if it's absolute truth and then do everything they can to sweep it under the rug and let it fall out of the news cycle. And then if you or I question it, it's just, oh, we're conspiracy theorists, election deniers, right? Shut up, get in your place, be quiet. And so we have observed yet more Democrat wins under these mysterious circumstances in the latest election earlier this month. And we have Joe Biden as our current president. You know, the guy where Trump was way ahead in all the key strings, key swing states in 2020 on election night. And then all those boats, they stop counting and all those boats come pouring in for Joe in the middle of the night. All hopes for Trump and his supporters now turn to 2024. But like I said, while there's been some progress made in different states in terms of election integrity, and as you just heard the moderator there on that video clip, I, I, I feel the same as he does. I don't see nearly enough. Well, there's been some some progress, I believe, but I don't see nearly enough being done 
to prevent yet another rigged election in 2024. I'd sure like to be proven wrong. Did you see Biden and China's Xi Jinping walking together and also at a meeting with their respective underlings during the recent Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation Summit, that's APEC, uh, earlier this month in San Francisco? It's rare that Xi leaves his country these days, and it was a bit surprising seeing him come to the APEC gathering. It was reportedly uncertain if Xi would indeed attend the summit until just a few days before it was held, as I understand it. There's an unconfirmed report that Xi came to the APEC meeting out of desperation, looking for financial help from the U.S. for the worsening economic situation in the People's Republic of China. The YouTube channel China Truth reported just a few days ago that this unconfirmed, that this unconfirmed report included a claim that Xi asked Biden for a $900 billion bailout for China in an attempt to shore up the devastating economic situation besetting that totalitarian state. Whether or not there is truth to this rumor, it's doubtful Joe Biden would see any cooperation from Congress on such a staggering amount of economic assistance for the Chinese government with its longstanding hostility to the U.S. Even if there were much in the way of support for it, it would all have to be yet more borrowed money from an already heavily indebted USA. Again, thanks in particular to Joe Biden and his handlers with all this runaway spending and printing of money. Now we have this massive inflation hitting us. Aside from all this, we do know that the CCP has given tens of millions to the Biden family in recent years. If you've listened to prior episodes of this program and or been watching the news in recent months, you are familiar with the ongoing congressional investigation to all the evidence of Biden family corruption. It's obvious Joe Biden is badly compromised by the CCP. And if you look at his record, he's been doing a lot of help, a lot to help the CCP wherever and whenever he thought he could get away with it since taking office and even before that. It's also obvious Biden and his handlers promote the political agendas of the American communists and their masters in the CCP. The CCP wants promotion of policies like the LGBTQ agenda uh, in America which creates chaos and weakening in our society, but the CCP does not allow it in their own country, China. Just a couple of days ago, there's old Joe in the news taking credit for the hostage swap deal between Israel and Hamas, which at this point, as I speak this, is still in progress and only a few hostages have been swapped. Biden will probably get the Nobel Peace Prize for this from the leftist fools running that farcical organization. Ironically for me and many other observers, it was the Biden administration's actions which led to the Hamas terror attack and genocide of Israelis October 7th. Now it seems the Biden administration is meddling further with all this talk about a two-state solution, an independent state for the Palestinians. It's a little early for that at this point. We need to back Israel and not have, as one observer called, Vietnam 2.0, where Israel is forced to fight Hamas with one or even both hands tied behind its backs and people start getting slaughtered. Joe Biden has openly and arrogantly refused to enforce the Trump era economic sanctions against Iran, said to be the world's chief sponsor of Islamic terrorism and major funder and supporter of Hamas. Iran, don't forget, is a major ally of communist China. The gatewaypundit.com has recently reported that with the Biden administration's decision just recently, to free up another $10 billion in frozen assets to the mullahs ruling Iran. 
which they supposedly will only be able to use for humanitarian purposes, right? Iran will now be receiving some $80 billion total since Joe Biden was installed in the White House. Nothing like enabling the staggering enrichment of the government of one of our country's worst enemies. Did you see the video of Iranian legislators chanting death to Israel and death to America after the Hamas attack and genocide in Israel, October 7? You'll hear more about this from conservative commentator Mark Levin in a few moments. But first, let's look at just a few of the other things Biden has done to openly support communist China. We have Joe Biden's surrender of in Afghanistan, uh, of Afghanistan to the terrorist Taliban and subsequent rapid U.S. withdrawal of that country, abandoning many billions of dollars in state-of-the-art U.S. military weapons and other equipment, Bagram Air Base, just 400 miles from the Chinese border, and thousands of Afghans who worked with the U.S. there. These poor people were simply left to their fates, most likely death or certainly imprisonment. The former commander of British forces in Afghanistan, Colonel Richard Kemp, declared that Joe Biden should be court-martialed for this disgusting and cowardly act that greatly aided the CCP and made the world a much more dangerous place for Western nations. And while federal investigations into CCP spying and espionage of U.S. soil on U.S. soil continue here and there, Joe Biden, I mean, here and there, they they're, they're doing these investigations, but Joe Biden famously and immediately upon taking office shut down Donald Trump's special Justice Department initiative prioritizing such investigations. Yet another big help for CCP espionage against America. Joe Biden has reportedly kept in place some of the tariffs the Trump administration imposed on the Chinese imposed on Chinese imports in the trade war between the U.S. and China. But Biden's also lifted many others that I've seen ostensibly to help curb the recent high U.S. inflation. Inflation hurting middle and lower class Americans, and again, caused by the reckless printing of money and runaway spending of Biden and his Marxist handlers. I thought I heard Fox's Maria Bartiromo report recently that it was Joe Biden who signed, well, Vice President, who signed off on a memorandum of understanding some years ago that allowed CCB companies to trade on U.S. stock exchanges without submitting to U.S. audits on their books like all other corporations trading on these exchanges. This was supposedly because the CCP claimed they needed the privacy, this privacy for national security. Now that some, of, some in our government have finally come to their senses and require the CCP to submit to these audits, some CCP corporations have opted to pull out entirely of U.S. stock markets. Why do you think that would be? I'd say because they're cooking their books and they don't want you to know it. Others will be allowed to stay with U.S. auditors, will be allowed to stay with U.S. auditors having access to audits done in China on these entities, according to an agreement reached with the U.S. and China. But the CCP is now kicking out the major Western accounting and auditing firms from China and taking over these auditing duties with their own people. So it looks like we're going to get more of the same, uh, this glowing praise of Chinese corporations, state-owned entities, they call them, having massive growth, but you can't really verify it. Trump was trying to ban the CCP-based internet app TikTok in the U.S., which is huge now, some 150 million, many of them very young people that work on there, and due to espionage concerns, because they collect all this data on people. 
his efforts were held up by the U.S. courts. But Joe Biden immediately ended that attempt once installed in the White House. And, of course, the insane and illogical push to totally eliminate use of fossil fuels and shift to wind and solar power as the main U.S. energy sources energy sources, by demanding, among other things, that all Americans purchase and drive only electric vehicles. This hugely benefits China, where most of the products of electric vehicle batteries and other components are made, while severely damaging the U.S. economy and destroying hundreds of thousands, if not millions of jobs. Bidenomics at its best. I can go on, but you get the picture. It's easy to conclude that Joe Biden is essentially owned by the communist Chinese. Now, and and also that he's working diligently to destroy America as we have known it and enslave the American people with a Marxist revolution Biden and his handlers have unleashed on the USA. Now, I know he does stand up to them here and there. But in launching his re-election campaign, Biden claimed he's been protecting freedom, quote, freedom, unquote. For individual Americans. But then in practice, he certainly appears to be doing all he can to enslave us under Marxist tyranny. That's what communists and those who serve them do. Everything is a lie and a trick. What's being said in reality means the opposite. So for communists and their supporters and cheerleaders, lies are truth. Hate is love. War, and we sure got plenty of that today, is peace. And yes, Freedom, and I'm saying that here, quoting Joe Biden in his election campaign, re-election campaign video. For Joe Biden, this freedom, he says he's protecting, sure seems to be actually slavery under communist, a Marxist tyranny that we're fast rushing towards as a country, in my opinion. But that's why I had to look on in disbelief as I saw old Joe at the recent APEX summit and not meeting G at the airport when he arrived and um, again reiterating that uh, Xi, Xi, Xi Jinping is a dictator, which when the press asked him about that, again, he said, well, he's the leader of a communist country. <laughs> Really, Joe? And just what type of leader are you with all your loony leftist crap you and your handlers keep heaping upon the American people? Let's face it. Is not the agenda that Biden and company have been vigorously promoting, along with the weaponization of our government and legal system to get Donald Trump by imprisoning him for life, is not this agenda the communist agenda in America? I mean, climate change, madness, and other environmental extremism. No, we all want a clean, healthy environment. We all want to have nature, you know, but things that are going on here, and we're killing these animals. There's a lot of evidence that we're killing whales and other marine life with this high, what they call it, high-intensity sonar mapping of the seafloors for we can plant more of these gigantic wind turbines and all this other nonsense that goes on. They're never going to have enough wind and solar power to cover all of the energy needs for the U.S. And we have tons of energy right underneath our feet. But, uh, of course, Biden and company are environmental climate change nutcases. Don't forget also there's the these other crazy things they're promoting, which is also part of the communist agenda in America. 
Caucasian-hating critical race theory, which promotes the belief that all whites, except those promoting CRT, of course, you're these heroes, you're the white people saying, look, we're saving you for the white people. This CRT agenda promotes the th- idea that whites are all pretty much all whites, except I say the, their saviors here promoting it are inherently racist and oppressors and must be destroyed one way or another. And we have the Biden administration's open borders madness, which is obviously intended to overrun the USA with tens of millions of desperately poor, unvetted people, including many other terror watch lists, terrorist watch lists from all over the world. So it can be taken over and converted into a socialist hellhole. That's what I, how I see it. A lot of other people as well. And, are not these policies the same policies of the CPUSA and other communists, Democrats, and related leftists? As former Marxist David Horowitz of the Freedom Center has pointed out, today's Democratic Party, and I would say aided and abetted by many frauds of the Republican Party, is the Communist Party. And as anti-communist researcher and video maker Trevor Loudness observed, Joe Biden has been supported by communist-leading organizations and entities since he first ran for the U.S. Senate back in the 1970s. All right, let's move on to starting with today's sound files. Speaking of elections, you are probably aware of the recent Brazilian national election in which the communist Lula was selected as a leader of that country. Mike Lindell has said that Brazil uses only electronic voting machines in their elections without any paper ballot backup. Is anyone surprised then about what happened? Despite this huge loss for freedom-loving people in Latin America and other radical leftist electoral wins in places like Colombia and Venezuela in recent years, there have been some notable successes for the political right in South America and around the world recently. Most notably, the stunning win of newly elected Argentine President Javier Melee, an economist, and Gert, that of Gert Wilder's election in the Netherlands both in this past week. Both of these men have been compared to Donald Trump and both are steadfastly opposed to leftist wokeism and madness that's been killing their countries, economies, and people's freedoms. Wilders has been cast as an anti-Islam, as anti-Islam and has been claimed to be against the practice of Islam in the Netherlands. I'm not sure if this is true, but I understand that under the Dutch constitution, freedom of religion is guaranteed and it therefore guarantees the peaceful practice of Islam, the peaceful practice, just as in America. I'm sure that leftism wants the utter destruction of Christianity by forced mass immigration from Islamic-dominated countries into Western Europe as part of its long-standing effort to utterly destroy Christianity. Here's audio from an episode of Dr. Steve Turley's YouTube channel last week on the melee win in Argentina. It begins with a segment from an interview with melee by a woman journalist. Turley's just posted another episode discussing the Wilders win in the Netherlands as well. I recommend watching both. Apparently, they've learned in these countries how to hold at least reasonably free elections. Perhaps there's still hope for us here in the USA, if we can act decisively and in time. Please play soundbite two. You can't give shit leftards an inch. Can you define shit leftist? All collectivists, all kinds of collectivists. But why do you call them shit? Because they are shit. If you think differently from them, 
They will kill you. This is the point. You can't give shit leftists an inch. If you give them an inch, they will use it to destroy you. You can't negotiate with leftards. You don't negotiate with trash because they will end you. If they, the left, have a guy that beats his wife off, if it's one of them, he puts on the green scarf pro-abortion and yells about neoliberalism all the time and they hide it. If suddenly there's a journalist that molests another journalist, they hide it. When it's one of them, they hide it. They hide all of those aberrations. Now, if you are on the other side, they will ruin you. They'll kill you, they will throw you everything, they don't care if they ruin your whole life. Why? Only because you don't think like them, and do you know what's the good part in all of this? Because since to err is human, since everyone can be mistaken, they force us to be better, and since we are getting better than them, since we are crushing them in the cultural battle. We're not only superior economically, we are morally superior, we are aesthetically superior, we're our better than them at everything, and that triggers them. And since they can't beat us with real arguments, they just use the repressive apparatus of the state. With loads of taxpayer money to destroy us, and yet they're still losing. They had to remove the blacklist, they had to remove the blacklist. You understand? They're losing. Their desperate shit leftists are losing the cultural battle. For the first time ever, they are cornered. Those shit lefters. He did it, gang. That is the new president of Argentina, Javier Millet. The Argentinian Trump has won the presidential election, and he did it in a massive landslide. And obviously, leftists are having a total and complete meltdown. <laughs> and so he did it. Javier Malay, who is uh, often referred to as the Argentinian Trump, you could see the hair resemblance. <laughs> but more than that, he's a bona fide nationalist populist political outsider that's taking on the Argentinian left-wing political establishment like no one else. And he did it. He pulled it off. He won the presidential election, and it was a massive landslide. He defeated their sitting economic minister, Sergio Massa, by double digits. His victory was exceeded only by Argentina's current inflation level, which stands at a staggering 140%. You heard that right? 140% inflation. There was simply no way that their leftist economic minister was going to win if the Argentinian people wanted to actually survive as a nation. And Malay gave them a very real alternative to the leftist policies that have economically run Argentina into the ground. Malay is a hardcore economic libertarian. He wants to do away with their central bank. He's a nationalist populist. He's pro-life. He's pushing back against woke cultural Marxism like no one else. In many respects, he is MAGA. Make Argentina great again. And like here, his message took the nation by storm. And just to give you a sense of how amazing this guy promises to be, it's already being reported that Argentina's Ministry of Women, Gender and Equality is going to be closed down three weeks from now. <laughs> Obviously, leftists in Argentina are not taking this news very well. They're crying. They're sobbing. They're wailing, gnashing their teeth at the loss of leftist control over the nation. That's put, of course, more people in poverty in the last three decades than anything else. But the good news is that Javier Millet's victory is actually the latest in a whole host of right-wing patriot victories throughout Latin America. What happened over the weekend in Argentina is actually... 
actually becoming par for the course for what's happening in Latin America as a whole. Back in October, the nation of Ecuador voted in a new solid conservative president, 35-year-old Daniel Noboa. He won the presidential election. They're decisively beating a far-left lunatic who wanted to align Ecuador with Cuba and Venezuela. Before that, the nation of Chile voted overwhelmingly for their so-called hard right or far right that won a massive supermajority for the express purpose of changing their constitution into a far more nationalist, populist, and traditionalist document. If you don't know, it was a shock election that responded to an attempt by far leftists to impose a radically woke constitution on the Chilean people, what CNN actually called the single most progressive constitution on the planet. But Chilean patriots fought back and they ran a campaign that focused on ending two things, wokeness and crime, wokeness and crime. And those two issues delivered massive results in a stunning electoral landslide win for conservative forces in Latin America. But nowhere are we seeing the success of the nationalist populist agenda more than in the nation of El Salvador under the amazing leadership of President Nayib Bukele. A few years back, Bukele, a very successful businessman, former mayor of San Salvador, ran for president as a populist outsider who campaigned on basically draining the swamp of Salvadorian politics and restoring law and order to what had become one of the most violent nations on the planet. At one point, El Salvador had the highest murder rate in the entire world, averaging one murder per hour. Drug cartels, gangs, they literally controlled everything. The government became little more than a passive spectator. But now with Bukele at the helm, all of that's come to an end. The homicide rate in El Salvador has plummeted. Get this, before Bukele came to power, El Salvador averaged 108 murders per 100,000 inhabitants, one of the highest in the world. The murder rate today is now just eight murders per 100,000. The murder rate has dropped by over 90%. And as you saw, one of the reasons for the dramatic drop in murder rates is Bukele's creation of what's being called a super prison that houses upwards of 40,000 people, many of whom are in prison for the next 40 years for gang-related activity. They're gone permanently from the streets. His massive crackdown on violent crime has resulted in the arrest of over 64,000 violent criminals, and it's changing El Salvador like never before. And you can see it in Bukele's approval rating. He stands at a whopping 90% approval. He is hands down one of the single most popular national leaders in the world. Well, now as of this weekend, Bukele has some competition. President-elect Javier Millet, the new face of MAGA, May he truly make Argentina great again. I, I couldn't agree more with Javier Mele and his analysis of leftists worldwide. I certainly think he is correct in his observations there. Just look at what the Marxists sympathizing and supporting Joe Biden and his handlers and supporters are trying to do to destroy Donald Trump, weaponizing our justice system against him and trying to peddle absolute nonsense, but which will inevitably, in the district where many of these things are being conducted, these legal lawfare attempts to destroy Trump, will most likely see convictions. I'm just hopeful that some of the higher courts we have are going to come to their senses and throw this stuff out, but we'll have to see. 
And of course, my views are because I'm one of those right wing extremists. They like to portray one of those Trump supporters, MAGA people who Joe Biden says is a threat to the very foundations of our nation. You might be impressed to learn that Javier Malay in Argentina reputedly holds two master's degrees in economics. So I'd say he's in a pretty good place to turn that country's economy around. If uh, anybody can do it, it should be him. He's also said to be, he's made the statement, I understand, that the Falkland Islands must be returned by Britain to Argentina. I sincerely hope this is something that can be negotiated to the satisfaction of both countries, as no one wants another Falklands war. But nevertheless, I can only see lots of positivity and hope in Melee's election. And getting back to our own struggle with Marxist radicals here in the USA, let's listen to some comments about this from Xi Van Fleet, a survivor of Mao Zedong's murderous cultural revolution in China and author of the new book, Mao's America, A Survivor's Warning. Here she's being interviewed by Tiffany Meyer, host of the NTD.com TV program, China in Focus, October 31. Please play soundbite three. Welcome back to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. A warning to America from a survivor of communist Chinese rule under Mao Zedong. She says history is repeating itself in America. What costs could follow if the trend goes unchecked? We spoke with Xi Van Fleet, author of Mao's America, a survivor's warning for more. Xi Van Fleet, thank you so much for joining us. Great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for for inviting me back. To begin, your book is titled Mao's America, A Survivor's Warning. Tell us about what your warning is and why you feel it's so important to share it now. Yes, the warning is we are in the midst of a Marxist revolution. The war has raged on America and many people still don't recognize it. People like me who lived through communism, especially those who live through the Cultural Revolution, we see it right away. We recognize all the signs, and we know it's the same thing. And uh, the uh, Cultural Revolution in China was launched by Mao to do two things. One is to get absolute power for himself. Another is fundamentally transform China in his own image. And we see the same thing happening here. It is about those elite, a globalist, try to uh, get absolute power in the process. They want to trans- fundamentally transform America, get rid of uh, the funding principles that made this country great. And on that last part, what are some of the key principles and values that make America unique in your view and are worth preserving? Yeah, first of all, this is the only country that's founded on the belief that we were created by our creator, and that's where we get our rights. And this is something that took me a long time to grasp. Growing up in China, I always believed that our rights were given to us by the government. And so that is fundamentally a different uh, way of understanding who we get our rights from. And America is unique in the history of, uh, of, uh, uh, of mankind. So because we have that right, 
and no one can take it away. Not any government should be able to take away from us, especially in America. You know, we are protected by our constitution and our founding father was so wise. They also gave us the second amendment and those things are our ways to make sure no one can take away our rights. You survived Mao's cultural revolution, and you mentioned you're seeing some similarities here in America. If this trend continues unchecked, what do you see as the consequences for America? Yeah, the uh, the most obvious thing to to me is the uh, uh, identity politics. That's exactly what Mao and the CCP uh, did to divide the Chinese population into two classes the red class and the black class. And the people can probably figure out what it means. The red is good, black is bad. The black were the oppressors and then the red is oppressed and set them against each other. And that's exactly what happened uh, in America, that identity politics divide people, divide people into r- different races, different uh, gender, sexuality, and they infinitely divide people and make them uh, enemies of each other. And that's what we see, the hatred. And then the kind of uh, uh, the hatred among, uh, between uh, different groups. And that is uh, exactly what happened during the Cultural Revolution. People were willing to kill the others just because they belong to the wrong class, the black class. Millions died as the result. And what's your message to those who believe this could never happen in America? Yeah, this there's a lot of people like that. They thought this is kind of thing only happened over there. But I'm bringing the reality to you. I lived through the Cultural Revolution, and I'm living through it right now with millions of Americans. So I'm telling you, it is the same thing. And how do people fight back? The first thing is to understand. If you don't understand something, how can you fight back? So I hope my book will help people to see the parallels. That is the focus of my book, is to help people to see it is the same thing. They both are Marxist cultural revolution. They have the same goal, which is to destroy the society so a small group of people can have absolute power. And you mentioned how your book will help raise awareness of what's happening, but what else can Americans do if they are concerned about this? I think take action. And I think it will be a great success if people, after reading my book, understand the imminent threat of communism, Marxist ideology to the United States, I hope they will take action. I hope I will pull them out of the couch, behind the keyboard, and get into real action. And, uh, and there are many ways of doing it, and uh, I did talk a lot in my book. And right now in Virginia, where I live, we have the uh, uh, the election going on and get involved. Like I just this morning, and I worked as a, a greeter for the uh, uh, early voting. And we need people. We need people. We don't have enough people doing that. Start local, and support 
your candidate who share your value. And that's how you start. You don't start in the top. You start locally. And that's how we take back our country and take back our school. Sivan Fleet, Fleet, thank you so much for your time. Now let's hear commentary from conservative radio host and TV host Mark Levin on the Israel-Hamas war and the U.S. policies and actions there. This audio is from Mark Levin's radio show, November 14. Play soundbite four, please. Internal State Department memo, this is Fox News, accused Biden of misinformation on Israel-Hamas war. Some of the memo's language echoes that of progressive activist Axios reported. So these State Department bureaucrats are taking up the cudgel that Hamas propagandists, through its various surrogates, have been putting out, including at these so-called protests, many of which have been violent and all of which have been heinous. An internal State Department dissent memo leaked to the press accused Biden of spreading misinformation about the Israel-Hamas war and claimed Israel's committing war crimes. And this is where you get liberals, particularly liberal Jewish people, defending Biden. See, see, they think he's helping Israel. That's not, that's not how you make a determination. The bar isn't what the extremist pro-Hamas wing of the Democrat Party and the State Department bureaucracy thinks of Biden. You measure these things objectively. Objectively. And Biden flunks. I have to be honest with you. Why do we have a nuclear submarine over there, Mr. Producer? Are we going to shoot nukes or something? It's a deterrent. A deterrent to what? We have a nuclear submarine over there. Look at that. He's got a nuclear sub there. He means business. What does he mean exactly? We have two aircraft carrier groups with enormous power. They have now injured 54 American soldiers, some of them very severely with brain damage. And they're not stopping. How many, how many of our troops have to die before Biden actually does something? These people already killed 32 Americans. 32 Americans, as if it never happened. And we haven't hit a single inch of Iran. Not an inch. Under Reagan, they hit one of our ships, and he blew out half their Navy. And instead, today, as I speak to you right now, Biden, Blinken, have waived sanctions again. Waived sanctions again so Iran can sell Iraq electricity. Billions more initial, $10 billion, but billions subsequent to this, to Iran. While they keep pressuring Israel to take their foot off the gas pedal, they keep giving Iran money to rearm itself and their surrogate terrorists. Chuck Schumer's at this rally today with 290,000 people supporting Israel, right? Chuck Schumer's weak. He's pathetic. Biden is his guy. Pick up the damn phone, Chuck. Rather than saying, we this, we that, you're the Senate Majority Leader. Read your man the Riot Act. Say not one penny for Iran. He didn't say that today when he was speaking. And, of course, he doesn't tell Biden that either. It's awful. It's horrendous. The Democrat Party is your father's Democrat Party. As I cite here in The Democrat Party Hates American, thank you, to those who've acquired it. Roosevelt's purposeful inaction during the Holocaust to assist Jews being slaughtered by the millions was contemptible and unconscionable. Now, there's been a lot of propaganda documentaries and books written about how great he was to the Jews. He didn't do anything for the Jews. He didn't do anything for blacks. He was a very selfish, 
egomaniacal, power-hungry, radical leftist president. That's what he was. You know, I have to give Roosevelt one thing. He wasn't funding the Nazis while the Nazis were exterminating the Jews. This administration is funding the Islamo-Nazis, the Iranians, while they're funding their surrogates to try and exterminate the Jews, and while that regime is killing Americans. I don't know of any president ever in the history of the United States that was funding directly or indirectly, releasing funds, lifting waivers, however you want to describe it, however you want to characterize it, in the middle of a war with an ally and potentially us, funding the enemy, pressuring our ally to back up while the enemy is targeting American soldiers. Name one other president in American history that has ever done anything like this. And yet they're trying to put his putative opponent in prison for the rest of his life while the media wave at him and call him Hitler. So what do you call Biden, media? If Trump's Hitler, what's Biden? Here are some related recent observations about today's political situation in America by our 45th president on his Truth Social Internet site. It was posted under the heading Democrats Against America. Play soundbite five, please. Joe Biden and the radical left Democrats are trying to pose as the defenders of democracy, but in fact, they're the ones destroying our democracy. Crooked Joe and his henchmen have tried to shut down free speech with a massive government censorship operation to silence their critics. They're putting Douglas McKay in jail for sharing a joking meme about Hillary Clinton seven years ago. Nobody ever heard of anything like that. They have four bogus criminal cases trying to put their leading political rival, me, in prison. Let's put him in prison. He's leading by a lot. There's no way we can beat him. Let's put him in prison. They're running police state operations to infiltrate the Catholic Church as if it were a communist country. They're persecuting Christians and pro-life activists. They're persecuting anybody they want to persecute. They've labeled ordinary Republicans and parents at school board meetings as potential domestic terrorists. They're resettling millions of migrants into our communities, destroying our country like it's never been destroyed before. They're calling our citizens criminals. They rigged the last election. They rigged the Democrat primary, and they're trying to get their rivals thrown off the ballot everywhere they can. And they're constantly trying to delegitimize the Supreme Court of the United States and threatening conservative judges with violence. In short, nothing about crooked Joe Biden and the anti-democratic party has anything to do with defending democracy. So if Crooked Joe wants to turn this election into a question of which candidate will defend our democracy and freedom, then I say, bring it on. Let's go, Joe. Bring it on, because you are a corrupt person. You're the most corrupt president in our history. And by the way, the most incompetent president in our history. Because Americans don't like tyrants, we don't like fascists, we don't like communists, so we don't like Crooked Joe Biden, you just have to look at the polls. With your vote on Election Day 2024, America will be a free nation once again. We will be free and we will be great. Thank you. But, Mr. President, with all due respect, 
just what is the plan to actually win the 2024 election? In our last show, I talked about the new book, Invisible Treason in America, by retired U.S. Air Force Lieutenant General Thomas McKinney and co-authors discussing the, quote, stolen election 2020, unquote, chapter four, and the hammer and scorecard, chapter three. This The hammer and scorecard is reference to the, which I mentioned earlier, the CIA supercomputer, super secret supercomputer system and software that can remotely manipulate votes by hacking electronic election equipment. This book is available on Amazon.com, and the price has now been reduced to just $7. The authors claim the source code for the CIA supercomputer system, quote, ended up in China, unquote. How exactly did that happen? Mike Lindell has stated that the CCP, quote, has a copy, close quote, of Hammer and Scorecard, and that CCP cyber operatives have been waging massive cyber attacks on U.S. cyber attacks on U.S. election equipment, electronic election equipment, in our elections since 2020, probably before. The need for serious, significant official investigation into these matters is only too apparent. But again, as far as I can see, nothing substantive in the way of investigating and rectifying these glaring electoral problems has been done. I have written my elected representatives about this, but I only get generic replies. But we all need to do this. Lastly today, here's more audio from another recent episode of the NTD.com program, China in Focus, this time reporting on hundreds of U.S. business executives attending a dinner with Xi Jinping during the APEC summit. Some paying more than $40,000 just to sit at Xi's table during the dinner. According to an anonymous source who reportedly attended the dinner, Xi gave one of his usual vacuous speeches, urging more investment in business in China, but offering virtually nothing new or anything in the way of concessions regarding the challenging business environment in China's state-run economy, including its new espionage law, making it much easier to arrest and secretly try for spying foreign business people. When Xi finished his speech, the entire crowd gave Xi a standing ovation. This is our business business leaders, our business elites. Given the longstanding greed and eagerness of our business and financial elites to milk yet more billions of profits from the rigged Chinese economy, people, and environment, are you surprised? Please play soundbite six. American business leaders applauding a propaganda speech by Chinese Communist regime leader Xi Jinping. A member of Congress is now demanding answers, saying she commits genocide against innocent people. NTD's Irian Pazdar has more. Hundreds of American business leaders gave Chinese Communist leader Xi Jinping a standing ovation after a speech on Wednesday night. That's even though he offered no hints of concessions to business. The speech was propaganda at its finest. That's according to a business executive who spoke with the Wall Street Journal on condition of anonymity. Republican Congressman Mike Gallagher told the journal that it's unethical for Americans to celebrate a regime committing genocide against millions of innocent men, women and children in Xinjiang. Among the attendees of the dinner were executives from Apple, BlackRock, Pfizer, FedEx, Boeing and many others. Some of them paid over $40,000 just to sit at the same table as the communist dictator something Gallagher today criticized heavily. He now wants the organizers of the dinner to release the names of all attendees. Arian Pastar, NTD News. That's all for another show. 
As always, we hope you found the content of our show today of interest and value. You can listen to a podcast of today's episode when it's posted shortly on the Jim Benson Show pages here at bbsradio.com. While you're at it, scroll down and take a look at the videos I posted there. More will be posted soon. Look for us with another live show in the same time slot two weeks from today. Have a great rest of your day and evening.